This is episode 167 of IDRA Class Notes. When you bring youth together and give them critical questions to look at, they will come up with what are some social challenges and some solutions. So it's nothing new, but just don't look at them as a cheap labor pool as volunteers or as adults in preparation. No, no, they already have full intellects and minds. And so approach them that way, connect with them and the school so that if you are an organization, well then help deepen that so that there's academic credit for what's already of interest to them because they're doing it in the community. Hi, and welcome to IDRA's Class Notes podcast. Today we're here with Aurelio Montemayor, author of an article recently published in the Annenberg Institute's Voices in Urban Education on Intergenerational Family Leadership for Schools. Aurelio, can you start us off by telling us a little bit more about what is meant by intergenerational family leadership? Sure. You know, IDRA for many years has looked at family engagement from one specific aspect, which is leadership. And so family leadership has been our focus in contrast to the other strands of family engagement that include parenting and volunteering and those areas. And one of the things, though, that has become very important in our work and with the families that we are connected to is that it's not just adult leadership, but the whole family is involved. And there is support for young adults and for even younger children to take on leadership roles. So that's why it's intergenerational. And in our meetings, in our activities, in our projects, it's it's connected. You know, it's not just the mother or the father, or in other cases where they're supporting youth leadership in the schools, it's the students. In this case, it's a familial thing and they're connected, but there's also an edge to it that we consider youth leadership. So it's intergenerational, but also has particular focuses because the support needed at different ages and stages is different. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some examples? Sure. One organization that we've had, oh, 16 or 17 years of having a relationship with is the group called Arise in South Texas, and we've written about them before. Arise stands for a resource in serving equality. They're getting close to their 30th anniversary. And one of the things they've had from the beginning, they have centers in the poorest communities, colonias, the unincorporated communities are called colonias. And at their centers from the very beginning, they've had full family engagement. And so they started a summer program for young children. They're out in the outlying areas for which there's not much for children in the summer. So they have a summer program in June, two, three, four weeks. And from the very beginning, because they're limited in staff and volunteers, they recruited young people to be the mentors. So you have teenagers working with the very little ones. And they help them as coaches with their games, but also they do uh, tutoring and reading and many other things. So that the young people are doing community service. Some, Some start at the age of 12. And they continue through high school. They are mentors, and they are there with young children. In some cases, the the young children are their relatives, their little brothers and sisters, but not necessarily. And so the organization has been able to engender a social responsibility in these children and young people early on, and they support them in that. Now, one of the things that has happened over time is that the organization is focusing more and more in its youth work and youth support So how can they help the youth deepen their leadership? And the most recent thing is to connect it to actual course credit. Because these are all projects that are community-based that the students do. And 
you know, up to now, when they're seniors, they'll get letters showing all the community service hours that they've given, and that's not bad. It certainly helps when you apply to our college. But beyond that, now we're looking at if they're doing a project, and some of the projects actually are very rich in terms of service and in their focus. One group in South Alamo, Alamo is a small town there in, in South Texas, and beyond the confines or the limits of the Alamo and South Alamo, there are some unincorporated communities, colonias, that have been suffering with stagnant water for many generations. And so last year, Arise got a group to come down and make a presentation on environmental justice. So the youths took it on, and they're from several school districts, and a committee was formed, and they went, and they examined the, the stagnant water. They went, they actually then went and approached the city and the county and uh, did a survey in the community also in terms of what was happening with families in terms of this, this problem. And so they were deepened in their work because one of the things that we've been pulling people along with, the leadership and others, is just like parents many times by schools are seen as a cheap labor pool that can be volunteers and all this other stuff, which is not bad, but they're not seen as thinking people that can influence what happens on the campus and the mm -hmm. school. Likewise, students very easily become, because they're so malleable and so cooperative, a cheap labor pool. So they'll clean up yards, they'll do all kinds of charitable activities, and that's not bad. Mm -hmm. But there's no deepening of the thinking. They don't get into any structural issues connected to what they're doing. And so now where we're going with this is how can the academic content of their project and their activity somehow be revealed, worked on, and that they actually get classroom credit. That's mm -hmm. our next step. That's our next challenge. It's going to be an easy project because the school district we're connected to has already made project-based learning a district-wide effort. Mm -hmm. they're, they're moving in that direction. What's exciting, though, is that the students who do a lot of community service, a lot of it is volunteering. For example, they'll clean up yards. They'll, they'll take people to, to see the doctor. They'll do many things that, that we would consider volunteering, and they aren't bad. But then we're looking at when they are tutors and mentors, that they learn from that. What helps a child learn? You ask the tutor, you ask the, the young person. Mm -hmm. And we've had a tremendous experience with a different project for many years called the Coca-Cola Patty Youth Program, where we take middle school and high school students who are at, considered at risk of dropping out of school, and they become tutors of the little ones, and their whole life changes. The mm -hmm. little ones change them. But also, a student who was seen as a near dropout now is actually a teacher and the receiving elementary teacher praises them and things change. Well, what we're hoping and we're looking at is that that the service that these students provide, first of all, that the projects they take on have more oomph to them, more teeth. In other words, rather than just think of collecting garbage that's out in empty lots, that they think of, okay, well, what are the rules and regulations and what does the community need in terms of mm -hmm. these things and what are some other ways to solve it and how can it become institutionalized and organized in such a way so that the community doesn't continue to suffer the problems of trash uh, spilled in areas because these are communities that don't have a lot of city rules and guides and protection. So in all of this, we're also because of the sponsoring organizations, leading them into projects for social justice. In other words, just like the environmental justice project, mm -hmm. that, for example, in these neighborhoods, the children are not considered college material. 
Well, how can it be turned around that the dreams of these families who would like their kids to be college ready when they graduate from high school, that the schools see it that way and that the expectations of the community through the youth project be strengthened so that, for example, the youth and the families will start exploring a wide array of disciplines that they could consider. And how would you describe the the role of that intermediary agency or that community-based oh, like organization? No, you mentioned programs like CBOs, like Arise. Yes. Um, and how would you describe that relationship between them and the school in addressing some of these challenges? Excellent question, yes. First of all, organizations like Arise have deep roots in the community. Their primary function or what they do the most is home visits and connection with families. And they help connect families with many things that are good for the families, but more than anything is they build and strengthen community. And so that home visits are not just to give a service or to give information, but to listen to families and to invite them to participate in things. Mm -hmm. And so the school district sees in some ways these organizations, when they see them in a positive way, oh, they're good, they do good in the community. But they don't see them as, for example, having projects that would be academically meaningful to the students. And so the role of Arise, for example, is they've already approached the superintendent and deputy superintendent saying, look, our students are doing projects, we want you to help us connect them to their math, English, science, and social studies, mm -hmm. and fine arts. In other words, uh, the school will already be open to it, mm -hmm. but then because in a lot of project-based learning, and we have talked about it in the past, we have good articles on it, project-based learning usually is initiated in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Even when it's initiated by students and not the teacher, it comes from the school. Mm -hmm. But here you have a community organization that has serious concerns, for example, about the environment, and mm -hmm. the, the students are helping them face that challenge, and now we want the science involved in that project to be connected to mm -hmm. it, the, the math involved. And as an English teacher, let me tell you, there's so many things they could write about, from telling the story to a, a technical description of the chemical content of the water, to writing poems about it, to doing it as a journalist and reporter who, what, when, why. You know, there's so many different reasons to write, and from the project you can extract that. So the students are not only writing about it, but they are learning different modes of communication and writing. And what recommendations would you have for communities that want to do something similar where they're at and perhaps their school districts do not already have project-based learning in place? Well, first of all, from the point of youth leadership, I've got some things I want to read parallel to our principles for family leadership. Young people can be strong leaders for their peers and for the community. All students are valuable. Young people want to learn to get an education and have important opinions and should be listened to with respect, dignity, and value. Young people can lead in many ways and can take on various tasks and leadership to improve themselves and the community. Youth leadership is most powerful when they work together as a group to solve community problems and take on challenges to improve their community. So if somebody's interested, first of all, listen to those principles. Don't talk down and don't be patronizing, but listen to youth. When you bring youth together and give them critical questions to look at, they will come up with what are some social challenges and some solutions. Mm -hmm. I think the Girl Scouts are doing it in many ways, the Boy Scouts to some degree. So it's, it's nothing new, but just don't look at them as a cheap labor pool as volunteers or as adults in preparation. No, no, they already have full intellects and minds, and so approach them that way and also connect with them and the school so that 
if you are an organization or a church group who, for example, let's say the youth are helping get out the vote. They can't vote yet, but they're working on that. Well, then help deepen that so that they understand the importance of the democracy and the political process, that they write about it, think about it, that their social studies class has products that they write and develop, that they report in the school, so that there's academic credit for what's already of interest to them because they're doing it in the community. I think that's very important. And having schools see social groups as also being the places where academic activity can happen mm -hmm. is also very exciting. Somewhat revolutionary, but I think very exciting. That's wonderful. Any last things you'd like to say? Yes, go for it. I think that projects, especially in social justice that you take on, will motivate all of us and give us new insight into the world and come up with solutions that we haven't been able to come up with as adults. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.